This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, badasses, to this episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name's Laurie, and I'm here with my friend Jessica. Hey, guys. We are so excited to have Anna here today to break down the impact that Madonna has had on our lives and the massive transformations and reinventions that she has brought to this world. I am so excited to talk about it. let's be real, impact on society as a whole. Oh, this isn't just about me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not just about (laughs) Anyway, uh, before we get started with the episode, we're really excited to share that the Badass Ladies Club actually has a Patreon membership now. So if you guys don't know what Patreon is, it's this really cool community of people that come together and help support a lot of artists and entrepreneurs. But for us, it's mainly about this podcast that we produce free content and information and want to share so much of our badass friends and our acquaintances that are doing amazing things out there in the world. And if you're interested in helping support our podcast, then you can join our membership. For a $5 monthly donation, you can definitely donate more. There's lots of really great freebies and things that we want to send you in gratitude for helping support our passion project and our cause. And to check it out, you can go to www.patreon backslash badassladiesclub.com. Yes. So tell us about our badass of the week, Jessica. Okay. I'm, I'm really excited about our badass of the week and I've already reached out to her. I hope and hope and hope that we can maybe one day get her on. I know that she's extremely busy. This week's badass of the week is a serious one. Um, her name is Lainey Sweet. Um, some of you may also know her, know her as Lainey Shaver. She is the widow of Daniel Shaver, who lost um, his life to police brutality in January of 2016. I can't believe it's that um, They were living around Fort Worth at the mm-hmm. time when it happened, although he was killed in Mesa, Arizona. Right. Um, he was traveling for work. And I, I don't want to give away too much of the story, but if you want to know any more about the Daniel Shaver case and everything that this family has had to endure, I beg of you to Google it. Um, check out Lainey at, um, she's on Instagram, the birthing tree. She's a doula. She's amazing. Yeah. So she's a doula. Um, she was in the birthing education community here in Fort Worth. Um, although they're not living here anymore. Um, she's also on TikTok. Her TikToks are so educational, so informative, so good. Um, we just, we want to help get the news of this story out. It has been kind of swept under the rug a little swept bit, you under know? The rug like, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously police brutality cases are at the forefront with a lot of news. Um, but the Daniel Shaver case has to be put out there. This family has gone through a lot and he deserves justice. Yeah. So we want to bring some light to that. And we want to back up Lainey cause she really is like a badass lady just in her own right. So yeah, yeah Lainey get on this podcast. Yay. We want to back you up lady. All right. All right. So let's talk. First of all, I want to talk about Anna. Yeah, it is so good to see you. I have missed you and missed your wonderful, beautiful energy. Um, Anna and I have known each other for 
a long time. I want to say like maybe 16 or 17 years um, through the Aveda Education Network um, as makeup artists. And I just, what I remember so strongly about Aveda Education and Anna is that when I was young, I was like 20 years old, maybe 21, um, that I started coming to these trainings and I was like the tiny little fish in this huge pond of all these insanely talented artists. And Anna immediately made me feel like family. Like I was automatically (laughs) embraced and loved and respected and honored. And it just made a really intimidating situation so much more bearable and lovable. You're just the best. How the heck are you? Uh, I'm good. Oh my God, Lori, you, you, you are just a ray of sunshine. I mean, (laughs) yeah, well, you've always been really open and transparent about who you are, which makes other people comfortable to open up. I mean, I never want to be in a room where people make you feel uncomfortable. I, I, I feel like that's my purpose on this planet is, you know, we're not here to make each other's lives harder. We're here to help each other get to the end, whatever the end is, or the end to the beginning of something else. But I'm so happy you said that because, you know, when I'm, when I'm being that way, I'm just being who I am. I mean, I, I think you're just amazing and a super talented educator, uh, makeup artist, and just all around beautiful human. And you've opened up to me about your life and you've had many transformations and many reinventions of yourself and, you know, and you're just lovely. Well, thanks. And for so being are here. you, beauty over there. <laughs> Aww, thank you. No, but Laurie has told me a lot about you over the years. And so when she brought you up as being on the show, I was like, uh, duh, because I want to get to know this lady, like, Aww. obviously. So, so yes, we're so happy you're here. Anna is a fantastic makeup artist and um, works in a really beautiful network in Canada through the Chevello group and does, you know, like education, paints beautiful faces. And I have been so loving your at home tutorials that you've been doing on yourself. Like you have such a rad face for makeup and watching you do it on your time lapse videos. Like I could watch it all day long. It's so good. Um, I love it that you've made time and space to do that while you haven't been able to work like that's got to be really therapeutic to still be able to work on makeup on yourself like that yeah and I you know you you look at yourself very differently when you're doing it so for me when I'm doing that I mean it's it's kept me sane not that I have any regrets but I wish I would have started this at the beginning of the pandemic because in total in a year I think I've maybe worked three months wow so you know we had a lockdown then we went back and then we had another lockdown So, you know, I said, why not just put makeup on myself? And, you know, it's for, it's for whoever wants to see it, but it was a way to keep in contact with my clients who I adore and my clientele are all badass women, Yes, you know, and, uh, and they're little tips. They're not anything major. I'm not doing anything like crazy. I'm just doing everyday little things that, you know, I hope will help and inspire like people just getting up in the morning and putting on some makeup. Well, you know, you have been successful with that because I have learned a lot just watching these things. And I think that <laughs> putting it in tips like that and showing people small bite-sized pieces of things that they can actually do is the trick when you're doing education through social media like that. Um, so one thing about your social media presence, which is a huge driver for how we kind of came up with today's episode is that you kind of have like a borderline obsession with Madonna. Is this true? Like, tell me about your history with your obsession with Madonna. 
um, tell you about my obsession? Yeah, like where did that start for you? What is it about Madonna um, that you're so fascinated by that created this like, because ever since I've met you, somehow no matter what we talk about can circle back to Madonna somehow, you know? Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I, and sometimes people roll their eyes, you know, in situations, I've been in many situations where I'm always the one protecting Madonna or standing up for her some way. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been in heated, you know, discussions with people about Madonna and I just think that she, you know, as a female and as a young girl, I looked at her and I thought to myself, like, who is this woman? She was just doing, she was just being her and she was just so cool. And she stood out, you know, there was, there's many women that stand out by the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been blessed in this lifetime to have been, you know, exposed to amazing pop culture. And, but Madonna really stands out for me because of just, I mean, I love, you know, uh, gay people. I am yeah. bisexual myself. Um, you know, I really have a, a big heart for, uh, anybody that is different. And I think Madonna has always been a champion of supporting people, yes. everybody who is different. Mm -hmm. And I related to her right away because of that. Um, Besides the fact that she looked amazing, she had the coolest style. Yes, duh. in the early '80s, her style was just like what this woman was throwing on thrift stuff, and it was just amazing. And then from there, she just got even more um, powerful. She, I, I don't know, and I think I don't want to say the Italian background, but because I'm from Italian immigrants, my parents were both from Italy, right. and then Madonna was part Italian. You know, I, I felt like, oh, my God, here's a girl that kind of a little bit represents me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, there's many different people that represent me and I can relate to. But the Italian background and how she used religion and the crucifixes mm -hmm. and the crosses. And, yes. you know, there were so many little things that I remember about my childhood and growing up and um, and how she used religion a lot is, a, you know, she loves religion. She loves the Roman Catholic religion, but also there's parts of it that you know, she's, she rebelled against. And I had a, you know, a pretty hard relationship with my father. Um, and she had a hard relationship with her father, right? You know, so, so I don't know, there was a lot of things so that I related to many things about what you said that are going to connect to this timeline we're about to pull out with Madonna, mm -hmm. because, you know, when we do pre-interviews for episodes like this, we talked about all of like the phases and the reinventions of Madonna that were really inspiring for us. But for somebody who has had a career that spanned across like 50 years nearly, it's hard to place like where all of those things fall in line. So we started at around 1982 when Madonna like first hit the New York club scene and she was like in her early twenties. So it was really like, um, unrefined Madonna, you know, like young kid hitting the big city, trying to figure out where she fit in this whole world. And it was funny because as we were doing our pre-interview, my husband could hear us talking about all of it. And he pulled out his like early eighties Madonna playlist. And we were like jamming to borderline. <laughs> and, um, there was also a song that, you know, I had never even heard before that was like her first club hit. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. I love it. Um, so yeah. early Madonna, <laughs> Um, Lucky Star, Borderline, Crop Top, God, you know, borderline. like uh, really the beginning stages of the lingerie wearing multiple strings of pearls, you know, like crimped hair, 80s goddess style Madonna. 
this is where I started with my love. Okay. Like when she was, if we're talking about like 80, early eighties to like 85 or 86, or we talked specifically yesterday about the 1984 MTV uh, music awards when she yes. did like a virgin on stage, watched it by the way. Okay. So Jessica yes. hadn't seen it, but tell us what was your impression after watching it for the first time ever? Um, yes, she started off very meek and like, you could tell there was this moment of like, what am I doing? And then like, then she just like, it was a switch and she just owned it and was like rolling all over the <laughs> stage and her ass was hanging yes. out. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Um, because I, I feel like, God, even today, women would probably be judged for doing that, even though it's probably Hell more yes, like not acceptable, but like more seen, like, you know, right. it's been done over and over. But um, what I love about her, whether it's in the 80s or even today, is that she's just so sex positive. And yes. um, yeah, it, it was a really great performance. And when she just let it all out, it was awesome. It was a beautiful thing. Definitely. What do you remember about the first time you saw that performance, Anna? I mean, I remember how nervous she was. I mean, I, I mean, in hindsight, I looked at how nervous she was, but like, she was just a young girl. Like that was the first, I think that was the first MTV awards and the world mm -hmm. got first, like they first were introduced to Madonna in that way. And, um, she was nervous throughout the whole thing. And then when she was rolling on the ground and her butt peeked through, I was like, <laughs> wow. Yes. She even has said about it that she didn't even know what was going on. Um, but I just was in awe of it. I'm like, who is this girl first off singing like a virgin with yes. a wedding dress on? Yes. Mm -hmm. I like love that, it. The, the whole concept of you see how she's testing the boundaries there. Mm -hmm. Like, like a virgin, I'm not really a virgin, but. I have a white wedding dress on, on top of a wedding cake. Like it was pretty brilliant. It was so yes. brilliant. You know what? One of my favorite things about it was, is you can see where she goes from like, oh shit, what am I doing? To, oh shit, I can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that is such magic for every person who's like, you know what? Can I do this? Am I this person? And then you step into it and you're like, Hell yes, I can do this. Watch me, right. you know, and she, it is like a physical thing you can see in her face, in her body, you know, like it just switches. And that is so interesting because if you look at all of her performances moving forward, she pushes so many boundaries. It's like she has this oh shit moment. Have I gone too far? And then she just like jumps in head first and goes well, for and it. What I love about Like a Virgin and that performance specifically is that I feel like Madonna just kind of came on the scene and was like, who are we kidding? Right. Like, I know that some people are abstinent and some people choose to save it for marriage. And I think that that's wonderful, but let's be honest. Yeah. We're not virgins. Right. Like, like, yeah. The whole yes. white wedding dress <laughs> with the purity. And especially I grew up in a Catholic culture too. I went to Catholic school for eight years. So like that really does speak to me that mm -hmm. this purity culture is pushed on you. But Madonna was like, y'all, who are we kidding? Well, Come and on. in 84, I was six years old, guys. Okay. Like wow. I was not <laughs> supposed to be watching that show, you know, like it was big time taboo, but it was so, um, freeing to watch her step into that and go there and to have a sex positive example in 1986, talk about a pioneer, like nobody was giving women the permission 
to step into that the way that Madonna was in that time and space. So like a virgin, yeah. I think is definitely. Like yeah, and I feel one. like she was, you know, not going to be portrayed as a victim. Like she no. was not yeah. going to, you know, be victimized in, in that she, the decisions that she makes are based on what she wants and not what society or men or, you know, she, she really throughout her career has stayed on top of the fact that it's, she has decided and she's made the decision and she's not a victim to anybody putting her in that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, not to get on into Taylor Swift or some other people in the, the music industry, but they have been victim even today. Of, Absolutely. You know, their musical rights and, mm-hmm. you know, um, through in, in, people in the industry, just really just trying to destroy these young women. Where I think Madonna from the beginning, even her own, you know, she wrote her own music, mm-hmm. wanted to write her own music, produce. She wanted to be in complete control of her career and her the decisions. And that's why I think the longevity as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love that you brought up um, that, you know, Madonna is one of the first women I also saw just like unapologetically putting it out there like a man would. So, you know, you can go from like a virgin and then you get directly into, um, material girl and that whole like lingerie diamonds, excessive wealth, and that it's not wrong for me to want these things, you know, Mm -hmm. and that she stepped into that space like a man would and had it. And that was crazy inspiring and so cool because it was also founded in this like glorious Hollywood glam thing too, where it was like Marilyn Monroe and, um, you know, like I just loved how she was so there was so much um juxtaposition to what she was doing you know like as soon as you thought you had her figured out well then she totally you know spun it around on the other side and that that you know for so long was like you were shallow or you were like a kept woman if you were like no give me diamonds and she was like i ain't a kept woman like give me your diamonds and i'm also gonna run this bitch like she (laughs) that's right power also i'll buy my own diamonds right like (laughs) it was so good um i agree So then there's like this big shift for Madonna, because really today's episode is all about like massive reinventions. You know, women, all people go through this time where you're like, okay, so who am I? And it's time for me to shift. So 1986 is when we hit um, Papa Don't Preach. Uh, So the first major thing to change with Papa Don't Preach era in Madonna is the hair. You know, like she lost the hair and it was that short cropped, you know, like... stunning jeans and t-shirts no makeup you know look i love this iteration of madonna i watched the music video last night had you seen it before i i believe i had i just last night i basically watched the catalog of madonna music videos just in preparation of today (laughs) but um no papa don't preach was pretty powerful um for 86 are you kidding like yeah tell me how many times I've heard that song in my lifetime and last night I listened to it and I was like yeah <laughs> I'm just kidding oh my god I just got these pumps yeah. yes. said that. <laughs> um but yes the short hair the jeans and the t-shirt and the leather jacket I was like I'm living for this right now and she could be walking around in 2021 like that and look like a you know like completely relevant yep. style icon and I think it has been replicated, you know, we we're talking about her I reinvention, mean- <laughs> but we're talking about how her style and her fashion and her looks keep, you know, showing up on the runways, you know, keep showing up on young girls, mm-hmm. you know, today dressing exactly like what she did back then. 
Yeah. But I love the part of the reinvention of that from, you know, Madonna, boy toy, like a virgin to, you know, uh, to this woman that you could see she's coming into her own and she's maturing a little bit. And I just love the the removal of all jewelry. Like she was completely bare and almost just showing, you know, just she's really becoming into coming into her power almost, you know, even more. I love it. Um, I also, you know, you brought up her relationship with her father and that Papa Don't Preach really had this like heart centered. I'm my daddy's girl and we have, you know, complicated opinions and we don't always agree, but I love him and he loves me, you know, like Mm -hmm. that it had such a beautiful feel of like, even when you know what you're doing is at odds with your family, that that doesn't mean that you don't love each other. Like it was just such a really great inspiration of you do you it's okay. If everybody's not on the same page, but I'm still your little girl, you know, like right. it just and I've done something story. to upset you right. or to be disappointed in me, <laughs> but, but this is who I am. This is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Love. what's, funny, woman about, what's funny about that is that my dad, you know, he, my dad had a cassette, a cassette player in his Jeep and he had a tape and on this tape, I'm not sure how he got it, but he had a few songs that he really liked. You know, one of them was Papa Don't Preach. He would play it all the time, my dad in the car. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I don't know why he liked, I mean, I do now see why he liked that song, but it was that specific song my dad had on a cassette tape that he would play all the time. And I'm like, and I guess he, it really touched him. Yeah, you absolutely. know, uh, you know, and I think his, uh, Madonna's roots and her family go back to uh, where my dad is from in Italy. So I think my father had a liking to that too. And trust me, I bombarded my family with Madonna too. And my dad, <laughs> I'm sure I feel that. <laughs> I'm sure my father looked at Madonna and thought, this woman is, wow, who like, he didn't want me to like her, but he yeah. started warming up as I got a little older and that Papa Don't Preach on the cassette tape. What? That was crazy. You know, you know what I love about Papa Don't Preach? and I've noticed this with other pop artists as well. Like I'm a big Lady Gaga fan. And although I love Born This Way, the way it was released, whenever I've seen Lady Gaga play live, I've seen her three times. Don't judge. Um, (laughs) Whenever I go to her shows live and she plays Born This Way on the piano and it's more of like this heartfelt ballad. I'm like, oh God, you know, whereas the way it was released, it's like this dance pop, club dance, like yeah. club dancey thing. I feel like Papa Don't Preach is the same way where I think for my whole life, because it's such like a dance poppy jam that I never really listened to the lyrics right. and understood the gravity of the situation. And so I'm like <laughs> low key, like trying to dig through YouTube and trying to find like a ballad version of that song. Like yeah. if she ever slowed I'm it sure down she or did, anything. Yeah. Oh my God. I think that would be amazing. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's out there and it has to be right. out I mean, there. The lyrics. Come on, Madonna, the fall imagine. down the YouTube hole and find it. <laughs> I'm like. <gonna> try. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine, imagine, you know, it's very melancholy and mm-hmm. I mean, it would probably be played a lot slower. I almost wish I could do it. Girl, <laughs> like, do it. But I, I'm not going to do it. I don't do it. <laughs> Let's make you famous. But uh, yeah, speaking of Lady Gaga, I mean, you know, when Lady Gaga came out, I had a real hard time with it. I was very torn. Um, I wanted to like her, but I didn't want to like her. And a lot of Madonna fans feel the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember uh, you and, and I talking and about this. Yeah. 
yeah, like, you know this, you know, but like, I didn't want to like her, but I kept wanting to look at her because <laughs> I was fascinated by her. She had that same star quality yes. that Madonna had. There are certain people for me that I, when I, I I'm very interested in every, their movements, everything. And uh, Lady Gaga definitely was one of those uh, artists. And, and then I think as I've matured and grown a little bit more, I, I am now appreciating her. She's got a magnificent voice. Like yeah. her voice is mm-hmm. insane, you know? Um, so I do have a new respect and appreciation for her. Um, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I love that. And I think that Gaga is also another really relevant um, musician to talk about reinvention, you know, like yes. she understands what Madonna understands about like, when you're a creative person and you're being paid to produce things creatively, that sometimes it's hard to, you know, like nobody wants to play the same song for 40 years, you know, like you get to change too. And if that means that you're going to put down the dancey club music for a minute and play with an acoustic guitar, then that's what that means, you know, and you get to decide that. And that that is at the, um, cost of fame sometimes, you know, or that's at the cost of disappointing your fans, you know, like that you have to evolve and that changing and reinventing yourself is not always popular. All the people who exactly. you know benefited from you staying the same have a really hard time when you're ready to shift and move into your next iteration. And Gaga gets that. Anna, are you a Billie Eilish fan? Oh yeah. Mm. I was telling Laurie right before we stepped into the studio, I was like, I was thinking about it. And you know who I think is like the newest Madonna is Billie Eilish. Yeah. Oh my God. Like her most recent shift to a song of hers and not ball my eyes. Seriously. I'm obsessed. Honestly, that girl has got my soul when Mm. she sings. Some of the songs are just, wow. She's brilliant. I, I went on a, a, an obsession with her a little bit with her brother. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few documentaries out. I just wanted to know more about this thing. Like she's a, ador- she's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm blown away by her. So yes, I like her a lot. I listen to her. I have a lot of her music. I love her. She's great. Yeah. I'm just totally into this going from like the black hair with the lime green roots and like the baggy clothes mm-hmm. to this, like, Platinum blonde wearing corsets, vixen style. Vixen, I'm like, in the fact that she's unapologetic, like Madonna, and is like, first of all, I'm 18, I'm going to change a lot, right? Get used Um, to it, get used to it. But that I have the power to do that, that that's up to me, not you. Like, sorry, you don't like my new look, but don't look into this message for women. Yes, Billie Eilish is the best. (laughs) All right, so. Yeah. Next big shift of Madonna from we Papa from Papa Don't Preach. Don't Preach. That was around 86. So now we get to 1989, where we hit Like a Prayer. That's like, right. I think, didn't she divorce Sean Penn? She at did. Some point yeah, like there? between Papa Don't Preach and Like a Prayer, she she dropped Sean, which she has yeah. said out loud is the love of her life. You know, like. Which is, which is major in, in, I mean, we can all relate to this when we've been with somebody that we really loved mm-hmm. in a relationship that cracks us in half right and then all of a sudden so like a prayer and then after that we'll talk right and then we'll get into the next right so like a prayer i guess the other thing that i like connect to every major reinvention with madonna is there's like a huge um element of a social justice issue that we deal with today that she was on the pulse of 20 years before that you know and so religion and interracial 
um, relationships and abuse to women and, um, and who do you trust? Like, like a prayer said so much. And, you know, in the video, she was burning crosses. There was stigmata going on. She was making out with a black Jesus. Like it was talk about pissing people off. Like the world was burning down around this video that she made. Um, and all I could think of was this bitch is awesome. You know, like (laughs) that I am forever obsessed by her pushing buttons by this music and this song. Like I couldn't get it out of my head and just the visual and, and her style. Oh my God. Then she was like black hair and where like, she is so badass in respect to like the chameleon changes that she does. Obviously I'm mega inspired by that. Cause I feel like I do big shifts in like visuals of the way I look at every iteration too. That started about the time I saw Madonna make that shift from like a prayer, Papa don't preach, you know, and then we get into this whole like religious aspect because I also adore, and you know, I, you went to Catholic school, you came from a Catholic, you know, background as well, Anna. I am went to Catholic school too. Yeah. So I wore, I wore a kilt and everything. Oh my God. Oh, I love yes. it. So I did not, and we, have nuns, we have nuns and priests. So See, yeah. None of that. Um, I came from a United Methodist background. So, you know, like still Christian in orientation, but the ritual of Catholicism and things like the rosary and the really intense ritualistic end of religion, I think is so beautiful and inspiring. And she took that and made it art and made it music. And so that was one of my favorite things about like a prayer was that it really honored those beautiful things about religion and separated it from some of the like dark grossness and made it relevant in a way that I have, was not connecting to before. Um, yeah. And then I think back then, I mean, she, she, uh, Pepsi signed her up to do a Pepsi commercial Oh, that's right. and they paid her, they paid her $5 million to do this Pepsi commercial. If you ever have a chance to watch it, it's adorable. It's <laughs> adorable. Um, but as soon as like a prayer was launched, they banned the video, right? but they still paid Madonna the $5 million. And it was there that I think Madonna really then became a businesswoman where um, we don't often talk about that, how this woman really created a business within her Absolutely. own. Like she was in complete control. That's fine. You want to ban my video? Mm. Pay me. Uh, she okay. still got, I guess in the contract or in the deal, she still got paid the money. Right. Um, which is so, it's, it's so ridiculous looking back now, but you need to watch the video. The video is, is, is amazing. It's so cute, but they banned it immediately. And that's what, you know, we're seeing a lot of that happen today, aren't we? A yeah, lot of banning mm-hmm. of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of um, cultural breakdowns and people are just right now, we're living in a time right now that is. Uh, it's quite I terrifying. Think, I'm, like, over, I'm yeah. overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by it. I'm also empowered by it. I sometimes want to hide in a shell mm-hmm. from it. Sometimes I want to go out there and fight about it. Like I'm, I don't know if you feel the same way. The pandemic has got me, yep. you know, in a, in this shift, probably another reinvention happening yes, right before we speak. Absolutely. It's a big reason why the badass ladies club came to life in late last year, you know, was because it became this like, um, way that we could channel and produce something positive out of all of the polarized, you know, situations that are going on in the world where we could shine light on uh, the good stuff, but 
but also talk about the dark stuff, right? you know, and um, make it not so scary because we can get it out there in real words. So yes, I totally feel that. Well, the, the dark stuff is very important. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I've learned about the pandemic is, you know, through healing and through really uh, looking at, you know, your shadow, like facing yes. your shadow, that it is part of you, that you need to embrace it. And it is, the darkness is just important as the light. And right. um, your darkness is you. You need to embrace that and love that. And I think when you come to that power, instead of fighting it and, you know, you, you do, you do start to shift and change and become present. It's so that's why I'm on the same path as you both, because I feel like the pandemic has done that to me. Oh, that's beautiful, Um, Anna. Thank you for saying that. I love it. (laughs) You guys are the best. So anything else on like a prayer? Do we leave out anything? Oh, and but can we talk, oh, not to get off topic? Mm. And I know we don't always have a lot of time. We got time. We got time, girl. Like a prayer, <laughs> like a prayer. The album. Then we launch. Express yourself, which is on the same album. Do you remember that video? My yes. favorite of all is Express Yourself, Vogue. This whole like. They're all my favorite. I keep saying they're all <laughs> my favorite do, guys. Yeah. Like they're all, but yes, express so yourself express was amazing. Yourself, the express yourself. The video came out in 89. Madonna put in $1 million of her own money. Now, I don't know if you've seen the video, really oh, yeah. looked at the video, but it's again, all about her mm-hmm. being in control. <laughs> Well, and this is you know, when the crotch grabbing began that started such a fuss. Like when because Michael she... Michael Jackson had been doing it already, but the fact that a woman was out there grabbing her crotch was a really big deal with Express Yourself. Um, That's and she even I know that on that world tour, you know, because that was the Blonde Ambition tour that happened off of that record, right? Yes. That's right. So when she went on tour with Blonde Ambition, several cities were like, do not touch your crotch. You touch your crotch on our stage in our city and we will take you to jail. And guess what? It was all kinds of, you know, (laughs) simulated masturbation scenes and crotch grabbing. And she did not give an F and it was awesome. She refused to change her show. She said, I am an artist Mm -hmm. and this is how I choose to express myself. I mean, the Toronto police tried to arrest her. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) And like we had spoke about yesterday is that like, Prince, you know, Mick Jagger, Mm -hmm. Freddie Mercury, I mean, Elvis Presley, we can go on and on about the males. I mean, some of them did get in trouble, but not to the degree where they wanted to shut her down. They wanted to shut her down. Did she actually go to jail at all? Like, I don't ever remember if anyone followed through or if they just made a big fuss about it. No, I think think she had at the time an amazing management team. And I don't know what happened, but I think that, I think they find her. But there was no jail. But there was time. no jail. She time. continued doing. She she had three shows. I went to every Madonna concert, so Amazing. I can relate to you with the Lady Gaga going to. <laughs> yeah. all. I've been to every Madonna concert. Every Madonna. How concert. many? In Blondin, she came three times to Toronto. She had back to back shows in Toronto, and I went went to all three of them. And um, no, she still performed. She still carried on. Um, but it was in the press and even in Italy, in Italy, it caused controversy with the, with the Pope and the Vatican and they wanted her gone. I mean, it was insane. Madonna at this time. So the whole blonde ambition, express yourself, Vogue, justify my love, the sex book, you know, truth or dare the documentary. This is the whole like window of time that we're talking about. This is when I think Madonna took on the 
okay, she's a threat to society kind of mm-hmm. identity where definitely like people in positions and uh, in power looked at her and were like, oh, we need to get she's a control dangerous. on this because this that's woman right. doesn't give a shit what we think and that's dangerous. And that it really created this war almost against uh, freedom of expression and rights and so many contradictions between the way they treat male performers versus the way they treat female performers, you know? And that was also on the cusp of the HIV AIDS crisis really hitting yes. hardcore mm-hmm. and that's, that's gay huge. rights becoming, you know, like something in the forefront and that Madonna created this idea of like a family is who I say it is. Okay. Like these people who and a lot of them were her, you know, her backup dancers, singers. She created a family that was based on love and not based on blood. And that yes. is powerful, you know? And she was one of the first examples that I saw of in in celebrity culture anyway, doing that before it was popular to do mm-hmm. that. Um, and so just standing up for gay rights, HIV AIDS rights, and then this idea that you can be a family because you love each other and you say that you're a family was so inspirational to me at a time where I really needed to see that, you know, in my life. So it's absolutely, and she, she, you know, when nobody wanted to touch AIDS, you mm-hmm. have to remember, I don't know, there's a lot of documentaries are out right now about the pandemic AIDS mm-hmm. and how, you know, these beautiful humans were completely left to die. Yeah. And, you know, at a time like that, I even commend, I love princess Diana. Yes, Some yes. people might have different views on her, but I, I, I love Princess Diana. And, you know, at a time when, you know, the HIV crisis was at its worst, she would go, she went to a hospital and actually Touched shook them. hands with yes, the nurses yes. and doctors and actually put herself in there. Madonna did the same. Madonna was raising money for AIDS, mm. uh, it, you know, in the mid eighties. Uh, she was a constant advocate. She would also put a lot of educational mm-hmm. um, stuff inside her, like educational promotional stuff inside her CDs, talking about safe sex, wear a condom. You know, this is how you can attract AIDS because people were very ignorant. They thought it was a gay disease, a gay yes. cancer. Mm-hmm. Nobody had the information. And she was, she had lost like many have lost a lot of beautiful, beautiful people uh, throughout that time because nobody wanted to touch it. And this is a woman that said, screw this. I'm, I'm bringing, I'm putting attention on this. Well, and it saved countless lives that she was able to talk about it and educate about it and not be afraid to get out there. You know, like sometimes it takes people that are in a um, position of power like that, you know, to say, no, 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 this is how we do it. And if you notice, there were a lot of celebrities like Elizabeth Taylor and Michael Jackson and other people that like started to work towards education and donate money and time to the HIV AIDS crisis. And you know what, like, I know that especially so many times today, people are over celebrity. And I use that term loosely where they're like, well, they're just a celebrity. They need to keep their mouths shut. This isn't their whatever. I don't give a shit what a celebrity has to say. And this is like the time where I go back and say, when the government didn't give a shit, if these people were dying or not, thank you. Like, and if that means that Madonna has to step up and be like, okay, if you're not going to do it, then I will. Yeah. Then that's where I'm like, celebrities having a platform can be powerful. There's so many examples of that. You know, like, I just think it's such bullshit when people are like, Oh, I don't watch the Oscars anymore because it's so politicized and I don't give a shit about what Joaquin Phoenix has to say about, you know, whatever. It's like, 
okay, but if the government isn't going to do anything about it, then I'm going to use this platform. It's kind of like how I view this podcast, even though we're by no means, you know, are you kidding? We're local celebrities. I mean, (laughs) I'm just saying, if you you, have the platform, you need to use it. Yes. Um, yes. I, you know what I will say about those people that say that kind of shit? is they only say that about celebrities that say something that contradicts with their own views. They're not saying that stuff about the celebrities who say things that go into alignment. You know, like if you only have a challenge with an opposing view to what you're saying, then you got to check yourself, you know, like, because I don't think they feel that way about celebrities across the board when they resonate with their own perspectives and views, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. I'll take Madonna every single day. <laughs> they don't have to watch. Um, okay. So now we're into Vogue. I think that Vogue in and of itself is this really interesting, um, the style again, you know, like it was very Marie Antoinette bourgeois, you know, elegant and ornate. Yes. It was like a new spin on like a prayer, like a polished version of a, like, and I am way into this idea right now of, um, embracing your inner queen, you know, and like queendom and the idea of embracing your queen energy. And I feel like this is when Madonna was like stepping into her queen energy. Um, she knew who she was, she knew the impact she had. And I watched the MTV performance when she did Vogue Mm -hmm. on stage last night, which I had seen, but completely forgotten. And yes, the whole thing was like, kiss my feet, smack you with my fan. Like all, it was so awesome. Um, so yeah, Yeah, she also took, you know, I mean, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding that where, you know, Vogue, you know, the Voguing Mm -hmm. was definitely an underground dance thing that was big in the seventies in Paris and brought to, you know, it was something that in New York city in the underground clubs, I wish, I wish I was 10 years older only because I wish I was around then. Same. Um, I just love that time. But Madonna took something again, main, you know, that wasn't mainstream. And that's another thing she was really good at bringing things today and bringing attention to them and maybe reinventing them a little bit, which didn't always, you know, sometimes made people mad. Um, but nobody knew voguing, nobody knew voguing. Yeah. Well, and it also and she had all those beautiful, she had all those beautiful gay men in her video. Oh my God. I it mean... was such a good video. Well, and all of the like black tight bodysuits with the mm-hmm. packages, like hanging out like that, like yes. that stuff was so exciting and fun. And it, but like, it's supposed to elicit a reaction out of you. That's why she did it, you know, like, and nowadays you see that stuff. It's not such a big deal anymore, right. but like back in the late eighties, people were Definitely. I was clutching my pearls. I was like, (laughs) I remember, I remember when the MTV said that they were going to air the video, uh, justify my love. Mm, And it literally was an event. Like you called your friends Mm -hmm. over or wherever you were. I remember this. Yes. We were going to watch the non-scene video of Madonna doing justify my love. Like it was, I remember those days where it was a big deal when, uh, you know, a music video was going to come out and you knew that it was coming yes, out. And it was so do you good. remember that? I do. Sitting yeah. around the TV and waiting for this thing to air. Yes. Well, That's and they would lead up for months, now, you know, but... to it. Um, and Madonna was such mm-hmm. a hot topic. Like you knew she was going to do something that was going to make you That's squeal, right. you know? Yes. So yeah, it was so mm-hmm. good. And I think not to bring this, not that this is, uh, I feel like this is relevant where when Madonna went into Vogue, um, she had just come off of the divorce with Sean Penn. And I think she had a lot of anger, a lot of yeah. sadness, a lot of feelings as we all do after a breakup. And I think what she did was she took that energy, that anger, that 
whatever it was. And it fueled her to say, screw this. I'm going to, you know, I think that that energy helped propel her to the next level, you know, which breakups, you know, you can go either way with a breakup. It can either destroy you and you never recover from it. And we know of people that that's happened to, Mm -hmm. where they don't have the tools where Madonna chose again, not to be a victim. And she said, screw this. And I think that's when you see blonde ambition and this whole era of this power woman queen Mm -hmm. don't, you know, I think that breakup really fueled that about her because Mm -hmm. if you look before that, she was a little more docile with Sean Penn. Agreed. Um, And then all of a sudden, and I think that happens to a lot of women after a breakup, Totally, you either thrive or you don't thrive or, you know, well, that heartbreak creates amazing art. It doesn't matter what kind of artist you are, you know, like that true love, not working out the way you thought it was like when you accept that it creates magic if you can channel that into art. And that is what blonde ambition was, you know, like a hundred percent. Um, so then we get to like early nineties, Madonna, where, um, we, it's more like movie star start to shift into a different identity. So we have Dick Tracy, a league of her own, um, desperately seeking Susan, you know, like that kind of, uh, vibe going on. And that's when she was dating, uh, what's his name? Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Yes. Where yes. talk about a difference between Sean Penn and Warren Beatty, you know, like, <laughs> isn't it funny how your like style in significant others shifts a little bit, um, where you tend to go from the opposite of, uh, where you were. I feel like that was a really big, uh, difference. In and, what- and I also think with her, I mean, she, I think with Warren Beatty, I think she cared about him. I think they cared about each other, but I think for her, it was a thing. It was for her. It was about like, okay, see, I can, I am dating Warren Beatty. Right. Yeah. I am worthy of Warren Beatty. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if you've seen the truth or dare um, documentary, but she, uh, sorry. She, sorry about that. That's okay. No, you're good. Um, she really uh, is in control. Like she doesn't treat Sean Penn very nicely. I don't <laughs> have, mm-hmm. you know, she's again, very much in control, but she's a Leo as well. And I, yeah. I love Leos, but they are definitely finicky and particular. And do you know of Leos? Leos oh, are, yeah. are oh, like we know that. some Leos. We know I, Leos. Love, I love Leos. My best friend's a Leo. <laughs> I'm a Leo rising, yeah. but... <laughs> uh, that's good. I love Leos. I have, but they are definitely particular and they definitely have, you know, specific needs. They need to feel important. I think Sean Penn didn't, oh, not Sean Penn, Warren Beatty. I think because he was such a big star, you see in Truth or Dare uh, in the documentary. They're dynamic. Yeah. Does, yeah. But you also, you also see her insecure a little bit because mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. I, you know, I think that the movie star version of Madonna is, um, that that was a really, it was very important to her, you know, Mm -hmm. like to be able to express herself in something that wasn't all about music, even though every movie she did, she had a soundtrack element and was producing music, you know, to support the launch of the movie. That's right. Um, But I also feel like she's been in lots of great movies, but A League of Her Own was like one of those movies where I felt like she was in the ensemble and it just meant something different to her. Um, let me tell you, Obsessed with a League of Their Own, yeah. one of my top 10 favorite movies. But I have this soft spot for 
black hair Madonna. Yes. Particularly in a league of their own. She yes. had like that pinup yes. sexiness to mm-hmm. her. I mean, all the way May. I wanted to be her. <laughs> all the way May, the best. All the way May. I mean, she was just, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. And a league of their own, I think it's like a feminist statement yes. in itself. Yes. And that could be a whole other podcast episode. Totally. But, um, like, yes, it was such a great collection of women making a statement and, um, God, I love it. It was also, um, I agree with you. I agree. I don't think she's, I think that some of her movies have been really, oh, I better be nice. I think most of her, okay. Some of her movies have been great, but one of the ones that stick out that where she was amazing was a league of their own. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. It was um, not all. I, I think Madonna was trying really hard to be taken seriously as an actress. And sometimes let's be real. She was shut down a lot, you know, and yeah. I think League of Their, Their Own. And, and the fact that you just said that it's one of your favorite movies. And uh, when when you say that, it makes me so happy to hear that because she does act. She can act. She's a great actress. Maybe the roles that she's chosen mm-hmm. hasn't always been, you know, the most ideal. But what well, were you going to say, of like, I mean... I think that particularly Madonna, who is such like a um, sex symbol and being like this athletic kind of movie, you know, but like they still sexualize the women by making them wear skirts Skirts, and like during a great role. Oh, my God. It was mind blowing. And the older I get, I think the more I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, but it's also part of like the time period we're talking about because in that same time period was like um, body of evidence that she was in where she was like, you know, super sexualized and not the strongest role ever. And, um, but that was also part of like the Sharon Stone era where, you know, like we were doing, you know, pantyless crotch shots and stuff on the silver screen for the first time. Like, it was a different time where like, if you, you had to do both to be able to get your do- foot in the door with some of these other roles, you know? And so what I love about her is that she doesn't apologize for the body of evidence kind of roles or the desperately seeking Susan kind of stuff like that. Those were things that you got to start somewhere, you know, and you don't just walk in and do something like a league of your own on your first role, you know, Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to (laughs) learn the ropes in some of these other ways and places, especially when that's what sells. Because if you look at what she got paid for body of evidence, like that was a good move for her, even though lots of people shat on that movie and didn't like it because she was overly sexualized and it was like a step backwards or something. Yeah. I think it, I think it flopped. It did pretty badly. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was nude in it quite a bit as well. I mean, I, I was fine with that. I obviously watched it. (laughs) Yeah, because for me, I've always, for me, like with, with Madonna, like the more I could see her, it, this is going to sound really perverted. I, I'm not perverted. Let it <laughs> Maybe out. Maybe a little sometimes. I can't but wait. <laughs> I, 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 even Madonna videos, like if you look at Madonna videos, they are, I mean, she's one of the, has some of the most beautiful, amazing made videos yes. ever. If you have a Madonna night and just watch her videos, they are amazing. Um, but I wanted to see less clothes on Madonna. I felt like sometimes she would wear certain things and I'm like, yeah, she does have such a great athletic body. She does. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and body of evidence shocked me because I couldn't believe how much nudity was. It was, she was like really undressed. (laughs) But that movie did flop. 
you know, she was with William Defoe, who right. was like, he's a huge actor. He's amazing. Huge. I love William Defoe. But you know what I love about Madonna? You're right. I think she just said, you know what? Like, I tried it. I, you know, I went for it and, you know, it didn't work out. But, you know, do you think that part of it is that people were immediately not going to take it seriously because Madonna was in it? Well, and because mm. she was naked in it. And I think that sometimes when women take roles that show excessive nudity, that they immediately just write it off like, oh, it's just a movie with a naked girl in it. And so people are going to go see it for that. And that yeah. women, especially actresses, are shamed for taking roles where there's nudity involved, especially in a movie like body of evidence that was so much about sex also, you know, and like I said, Sharon Stone got a lot of flack for that kind of stuff. Drew Barrymore got a lot of flack for that kind of stuff. Like it's that nudity is part of the human experience. If we're going to make movies that represent what life is like sometimes, especially movies that are supposed to be like thrillers or shocking or intriguing or turn you on, people are going to be naked. Like, if you don't want to watch right. it, then don't go see that movie, you know, right. but that for somebody like a Madonna or like a Sharon Stone, that they weren't intimidated by that judgment, that they went ahead and made the art, even though That's you, right. you got it, you know, directors, producers, the way they edit that stuff. You don't know what a movie's going to turn out like when you decide to take a role and you shoot something like that. Like it is a gamble. And, but you have to take the gamble if you're going to learn your way through and figure out what kind of movies you want to make in the future. You know, like that's how humans learn as we try things out and we're like, okay, maybe that didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to be, but that doesn't mean yeah, it was and a waste. It goes back to what you said earlier. You, you did say, you know, whenever you, you know, just even in life, when you, uh, you know, reinvent yourself or you change or you learn new things and you evolve and you remove toxicity and you remove this and you remove what no longer works for you. They're going to be the ones that stick around and like the new version of you or the, the elevated version or whatever, or they're not. And you know what? Those are not your people. Nope. Nope. Bye. It's okay. Fine. Yeah. And I think, and it took me a long time to realize with Madonna, I mean, in general is that, you know, I think throughout her career, as she evolved, I realized, like, I realized, I didn't realize this all the time about her, that she is an artist. Yes. And I think as she's matured, we were learning that she is an artist and she chooses to express herself however she pleases to express herself. And people are either going to like it or not. And people are either going to be your, stay your friend or not stay your friend. And that's fine. It's the same with life and yes. the changes you make in your life and who you become as a human being, you know? Um, so people that stick around are your people. And if they don't, they were never your people. Right. Or they were your people for that period of time. And now that period of time is over, you know, like that yeah, it is right. sometimes people fall in and out of your world and that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. Um, you know, the, so right now we're like 92 to 94 or 95, but really the next shift with Madonna was in 96 where she became a mother and had her first child. Um, that, that really created this like much more introspective. I feel like Madonna where spirituality was a really big piece of uh, what was important to her. And just this idea that, being a mother and having a, you know, like generational effect like that was so inspiring to her. It seriously changed the music and the direction that she went. Um, because you know, she had Lourdes in 96 and then there was ray of light music, you know, like some of these other, I just feel like a lot lighter 
topics and music that was really just more like feel good music instead of music with a huge message, with you know, like, that was there to like, like yeah. Um, yes. Madonna's Ray of Light. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Inter- no, yes, go no, ahead. you're go, go ahead. Get no. it, girl. Madonna's Ray of Light, the album itself is my favorite Madonna a- album ever. Yeah. Because for me, be, like, I love all of Madonna's music. And I mean, people don't even know half of the music that she has made because they're only willing to listen to Holiday and Like right. a Virgin and Lucky Star. They don't know right. that her catalog so much, is yeah, oh ginormous. My, no, but the catalog is massive, but the music is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like some of her stuff doesn't get good until, I mean, all her stuff is good, but it, there's another element to her after Ray of Light. Yes. So Ray of Light and Beyond this woman turns into an amazing songwriter, yes. a lyricist. You got to really, if you're a tr- if true Madonna fans know about the songs that were never released, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? And so when I talk to people and they're like, oh, after a, after Lucky Star, after Like a Virgin, I'd stop listening to Madonna. And I'm like, okay, well, we're not going to, yeah. we're not like, going to. We're not friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not that we're not, not that we're not friends, but I can see that there's just different differences. Like I obviously am a fan. I stayed committed, uh, but ray of light was, uh, uh, one of the best pieces of work she ever has done. I love ever. Ray of light. Yes. And you have to listen to that album. It is magical from beginning till end. And it is, it'll make you cry. It makes you feel happy. Yeah. Um, even her, the way everything changed, she became lighter. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Coin, the makeup artist, it was the first time that Kevin did her makeup. <laughs> and you could see that it was the first time Madonna had dewy, see-through yes. skin. And they, everything was see-through. And it was a new makeup look, too. So she was ahead of that curb as well in, in beauty, you know? Well, in that light from inside of her trans yeah. you know like you could see it it was in the fact that the music showed that the styling the makeup like all of it was so much lighter you know like yeah. that's really a beautiful way to explain it and this yeah. is like why i think that this era of madonna like late 90s early 2000s all the way through music like in 2005 um is my favorite because i'm a mother and uh-huh. i like how she um, like when I was watching the music video for music last night, I remember I used to love that music video and knowing that during this time she had one or multiple kids multiple, I yeah. yeah, by 2005. Well, actually that mu- that music video where she's wearing the white, t- the white suit. Uh-huh. Yes. She's pregnant five months. <laughs> yeah. With Rocco. Okay. With Rocco. Yeah. You have to, so you have here's to look at her belly. You look at her belly. Well, because in, in the music video, she has like this cowboy hat and this white furry jacket and she's in this limo and she's partying with all her friends and they go to the strip club and Allie G, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen's (laughs) driving the limo and all this stuff. I was like, talk about goals. You right. know, that like, That's she really, gold. yes, yeah. that she really <laughs> no, but like she, she was doing like, she was at a strip joint stuffing women with <laughs> underwear. Like she was five months pregnant. pregnant. Like <laughs> <laughs> yes. she was, she was doing, she's doing things that, you know, a lot of males have done in videos that showed women in very, you know, mm-hmm. strip joints, corrupt, uh, you know, women that are used as candy, eye candy. Well, mm-hmm. she flipped it. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm the dude, but I'm not the dude. I'm a girl doing this. 
Oh, that video was so good. I so love good. that video. And like, then there's the part where it turns into a cartoon and she's kind of right. like kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> and like, it's so awesome. Love that video. So good. It is. Yeah. And then, you know, from music, you can fast forward to like, she did, uh, we only got four minutes with JT, which is mm-hmm. like in 2009, you know, like so good. I watched she, that one this yeah. morning and then did the thing with, uh, Brittany at the VMAs where they yeah, like Brittany, Christina, yeah, Brittany, Christina, and they like made out on stage and stuff. And I was like, are you uh, kidding me? <laughs> like, stop right now. Madonna. I know, but do you remember, do you remember Justin Timberlake's reaction to that? No, I don't. What did he do? No. Because Brit- no, because Britney just had broken, they, they had just broken up. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why the camera, when Madonna reached over and they kissed, the camera pans over to Justin Timberlake uh, and you have to see. Oh my God, I'm going to so watch like, it again. <laughs> that was a time where Crimea, what was that song? Crimea River. Or yeah. So, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, where like so, he yeah. kind of made it seem like Britney was the, yeah. He made her the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that like men do so good because Madonna comes out as a, like, as a, she's wearing the tuxedo and mm-hmm. she has her two brides. Right. So again, she's, she's taken the past and that's what she does. She takes the past of what she does and she shakes it up and creates something new. And if you've ever been to any of her shows, she will never play a song the same. Every time, I love that. you know, she's done a tour, she'll change music. She'll change the, the songs musically and, it, it, it's amazing. She, and she keeps changing and keep, keeps trying to keep it fresh and new, you know, and it I is why it. we can sit here and talk all day long about her, and her influence on music and our lives and fashion and social justice and just Madonna. We freaking bow down. Well, okay? you, know, like, you know what has been resonating with me this whole time through th- this conversation is that I feel like Madonna was untamed before untamed was a thing. Yes. That Glennon Doyle's whole message with untamed was for women to stop doing what's expected of them. Yes. And I feel like Madonna is a pioneer for that. And trust themselves and Mm -hmm. don't worry about how all the outside factors are going to fall. You know, like, you know what to do. Can I I say something? Uh, I don't know if we're ending soon, but I just want to put this out there. Please. This is off topic of Madonna, but if you guys ever do another podcast in the future, with another badass. Can I recommend a badass? Yes. yes. Tell us. Nominate someone. No, but like this is somebody that I hope would come on your I, I would even you guys should try to get her. Who? Oh, who? Who? I, I'm I'm obsessed with Sinead O'Connor. Oh my God, Anna. I would Anna, die. That, you that, don't I, even no, know. Like, I, you don't even know. <laughs> like before so, the pandemic, so you know how everyone thought that she's crazy and yes. she is nowhere near crazy. She's a brilliant genius. Like, like I, if her and Tupac could have sat down oh together God. and had, uh, I have been watching nonstop interviews of Sinead O'Connor, um, you know, interviews of her when she was really young. Uh, I have every album, the lyrics, the things that she says, that woman has been touched with by God, by the universe, by two things before the pandemic, she was supposed to do a few shows. And one of them was in Nashville. And And we were going, I was like, like, let's make a trip. Let's go see Sinead O'Connor in Nashville. And then the world shut down and whatever. But if I need a good cathartic cry, not going to lie. I YouTube, Sinead O'Connor's performance on the late, late show of nothing compares to you. Yes. And I just break down. Um, I got news for you, Anna. 
we actually don't have a badass of the week lined up for our next episode that we're recording, <laughs> and you just filled the gap for us. Sinead so O'Connor Sinead O'Connor is it? And you know what? It's um, she just came out with a memoir. She released it about four days ago, so I'm going to buy it. Oh my I gosh! Have to, I have to read. I'll but read it with you. If you if yes. you Google Book her, club. look at her interviews right now, and and uh, my God, guys, what what a what a woman! What a woman! I mean, what a beautiful soul! Yes. Um, Do you have any hookups? I know. Do you know anybody? Sorry, do you that- know anyone who knows someone who can get a Sinead O'Connor? Oh my God. Uh, Let's manifest no, but it. I, but the three I'm of us thinking like the two of you, because you're <laughs> badasses. I think you should reach out to her. We're going to. I'm going to do I'm going to try. Okay. No, like I, I really, really done. mean it. I, I think you guys should reach out to her because uh, everything she spoke about 30 years ago is happening yes. right now. It's so this funny you bring it up because when we were talking about like a prayer, I was thinking of Sinead O'Connor yeah. on SNL. Yeah. That she yeah. has she absolutely saw it before off. it happened. Yeah. And I, I, and I don't like the fact that I know we're going to end soon, but I don't like the fact that Sinead O'Connor is coming, you know, has come across cross crazy she is not crazy she is in fact in tuned let me tell you something right now in tune anytime a woman speaks out with truth that resonates with the masses you can bet your ass that they will say she's crazy because it's the fastest way to shut someone down when they're speaking truth to power so anytime that i hear on the fringes that a woman is crazy that's the woman i'm listening to okay like it pushes me exactly the opposite direction um i think that when we get to our sinead o'connor episode maybe you need to come back and do the episode with us anna like oh my god yes I, I, you know what? I just hope, I, I really think the two of you, you know, you're, you're both very tenacious. I feel like this badass club is going to be massive. And I think that it's going to grow and get bigger. I can tell you guys are really dedicated. I don't think this is something that you're going to do for a short time and say, man, no, right, we're lifers. Like, yeah. yeah, this I really is happening. <laughs> the both of you are calling out to your passions and living what you, I think this is part of who you guys you know, you're healing from this. I think this is, uh, uh, you know, going to be good for a lot of people, but I think you guys can reach out to Sinead and I almost think you might be able to get her girl. I'm Especially in because her memoir just came out. Yes. And maybe. Oh, okay. So we're going to put all of our magic okay. powers to it between the three of us <laughs> okay. and let's manifest Sinead O'Connor on the Sinead badass O'Connor. ladies club. I, I love her. Anna, love her. we love you. Thank yes. you, Thank you so, so much. much. Anna. This has been amazing. And um, if you haven't checked out Madonna's uh, catalog of work, it is good for, I'd say, at least a good 12 hours on YouTube. You could get, you know, like the full gamut of it. Um, Badasses, if something in this episode resonated with you or you loved it or you want to share Madonna's awesomeness with somebody that you don't think knows very much about her, send this episode to them. Tag us in your stories. Um, We just love and appreciate all of your support. And thank you so much for coming back to listen to another episode. And give yourself permission to evolve and change. Reinvent yourself. It feels good. Okay. All right. Love you, Anna. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, guys. (laughs) All right, we're off air. Yes. That was so fun. That was so fun. See, you didn't have you anything guys, to be I nervous about. We love you. <laughs> I can't wait for you to uh, get free so we can come up. Maybe we'll like meet in Italy or something and have a girls weekend. Oh my. What? Oh. <laughs> um, would you would you meet me in Italy? Seriously? Hell yes, I yes. would. Are you kidding me? Like, don't. We'll but have I a badass you, retreat I, I there. I like to not party, but I'm a good time. 
No, girl, <laughs> we'll rent a villa and sell tickets and we'll make it like a whole badass retreat. Like, well, because, be you know, oh we're doing God. Costa Rica. Totally yeah, no, Italy's on the agenda. But I, I, I sincerely mean it about Sinead O'Connor. I almost feel yes. like the two of you could really, whatever, it may take months. Whatever. Who knows? We get time. So, you know, yeah. if it's meant to be, it may just happen. But my God, guys, I've been obsessed with her interviews lately. Ones that she just gave a few days ago. That woman is she was regarded as crazy. I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. she's the furthest thing from crazy. I'm so glad she you brought it up. Bad, yeah. She had one bad situation happen. And I think she expressed, you know, her crying and that she wanted to take her life, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it, it was all a misunderstanding. However, powerful, powerful message woman. Yes. This woman was beating to her own drum the whole time. I love it. Yes. All right. Well, you have a fantastic Monday. We love you. Yes, you too, guys. I love you. I will. um, Yeah, I'll be in touch about the launch of your episode. Okay. Yeah, we'll let you know. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.